Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And with me, as always, is the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. How are we doing today? Wonderful, brother. Amen to that. Praise the Lord. And also with us, as always, is the show's producer, Tony Palacio. How are you doing today, bro? Praising God. He is good. Amen. Amen. And we are excited about this show. We're going to be talking to you guys because... Guess what? We are told that there are a number of Texans that are ready to take the dip, Joe. Uh, (laughs) Not the the sprinkle, but uh, they're ready to go by the river and be baptized. Full immersion, huh? So, yes, full immersion, which we will talk about that specifically because we want to talk about baptism today because we have a number of believers, as I said. We are going out to Texas March 19th to the 21st. Joe's going to be speaking on three topics. You guys can get all the info on Blessed Hope, or at, I guess would be the better terminology, blessedhopetexas.org. And so you guys hopefully will be able to sign up, RSVP and everything, and uh, get out there and get to meet us. We'll get to hang out with you. We'll have the whole Good Fight team out there. We'll have an entire street team out sharing the gospel, and it'll be exciting. But one of the cool things is we are going to be baptizing. Joe's going to be baptizing some of the uh, faithful brethren uh, that are there down there, and we wanted to talk a little bit about baptism. So I think that maybe some of our brothers and sisters in Christ that are in Texas or uh, elsewhere, I guess, maybe just know, should I get baptized? I think is a, is a great way to posit it, Joe, is just to say, when should a, a believer get baptized? And I think there's a number of ways I can ask you, so I might just kind of let it flow, see how you answer that question, and it can bring out other questions. So Basically, when should a believer get baptized? Yeah, there's there's a lot of different answers that people give to that question. Okay, there's catechisms for baptism, and and that's throughout church history. And know? that's and that's on the, the Catholic side and the Christian side as well. Absolutely. Yeah. But personally, when I go through the Book of Acts, and when I go through the Scriptures, uh, when you're able to be baptized, you ought to be baptized if you're gen- if you're a believer. Now, if you're like, man, I don't know if I'm a real believer. I don't know if I've repented of my sin. I I'm not really following Jesus. Well, you need to get right with God so you can be saved and then be (laughs) baptized. So uh, it's important. I mean, when you go through the book of Acts, and we have a little bit, you know, we believe that people that emphasize baptism, that you need to be baptized or you're lost, you go to hell, that that's an extreme, that that's not biblical. We do believe there's another extreme, though, uh, where baptism, like Salvation Army, doesn't do baptism at all, really. Yeah. Uh, And others, you know, baptism is like optional for the believer. Oh, you know. But we believe that if you're truly a Christian, you'll obey Jesus. Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And Jesus commanded us to be baptized. So we can't say we're loving Jesus and know he wants to be baptized and say, no, I'm not going to do it. You know, So we need to take it seriously. And uh, it is a command. Uh, we're saved prior to baptism. We believe that we're saved by grace through faith, that not of ourselves, gift of God, not our works as anyone should boast. But I believe very clearly, I mean, there was a emphasis on being baptized after you were saved that's stronger in the book of Acts in the early church than it is today in the evangelical church. 
Of course, you got to be careful of the extremes where yeah. you're teaching baptismal regeneration and so forth. And we'll, 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 I'm sure we'll get into a lot of different questions about baptism. The cool thing is, is that we'll be getting into other studies in the future. If you want a specific question answered uh, on baptism, we can really dive into that, like yeah. baptismal regeneration, uh, infant baptism. But now we're kind of just looking at more of the forest, you know? Yeah. Looking at different parts, different aspects of baptism. But to answer that question, you'll see Cornelius, you know, uh, he's he gets saved, he receives the Holy Spirit, and what's to prevent him from being baptized? I mean, they look for water almost immediately. It's yeah. quite amazing. But by the way, he received the Holy Spirit and was saved prior to baptism. The thief on the cross was not baptized at all, you know? Uh, the early church recognized that there were martyrs that were never baptized, but they stated that they had still been saved even though they weren't able to be baptized. But you don't have to look at the early church because you look at the teachings of Jesus. And over and over and over again, you see Jesus pronounce forgiveness on people. That's just that's what blows me away the most. Like the publican, you know, the temple, he beats his chest, says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. You know, he does. He can't even lift up his eyes. And, and then you have the Pharisee, you know, saying, I fast twice a week and I do all these various things. But what's interesting is Jesus says, which one of these left right with God? Which one of them left justified? And they say, well, the guy that he was repentant, you know, basically. He says, correct. So he left forgiven, according to Jesus. And how many times does Jesus pronounce people forgiven? And that's when that's how you get saved. You get forgiven of your sins. So to teach that you have to be baptized before he'll forgive you uh, is contrary to several places throughout the gospel accounts. Uh, and several places, contra- it's contrary to several places that just make it very clear that we're saved upon coming to faith. However, don't look at a little thing. We need to be baptized. And I'm not saying, hey, you don't do a, take a class first or what have you. That oh, you yeah, can't yeah, do yeah. that. I mean, that. That could be a blessing. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that uh, be- unless, you know, you felt that you had to be, uh, you know, saved immediately through baptism, which we don't believe the Bible teaches. Yeah, and I, I think one of my favorite things I, I think early on as a believer uh before or before i got baptized i had read acts you know because you're going through the bible after you get saved and you're reading through acts and acts chapter eight i think everyone you know hopefully by this time i had a lot of the people on this show that listen to the show love the word of god so they've read through acts so you know when you have philip and the ethiopian eunuch and yeah. i absolutely love that scenario you see him reading isaiah 53 asking That's him who beautiful. this guy is and you're like Wow, could you? What a, what an awesome! By the way, if you love witnessing, that is the, yeah. that is just like who is this person? Well, let me tell you about it's right him. Right there with the guy saying, "How much time be saved?" You know. But I also think, acts, you, know. I, you know, obviously this is narrative, right? And so we're we're trying to get information here um, for what's going on. But I love the fact that it was the spirit that led him to this place specifically uh, to where you're going. I think if you want to share the gospel with someone, I think you need to be led by the spirit, and you ask the Lord, please, Lord, lead me to someone. Um, to share the gospel with, and the Lord will lead you. And that's one of the war. You know, if awesome. you don't want to, if you don't want to witness, don't pray uh, to witness. But if you want to walk in the will of God, you need to pray that you're going to witness. And he was just walking. He was like whisked. <laughs> he was like transported. It says Hyper- yeah, so, hyperspace, especially after. But I, I want to read. I want to read uh, from verse 34 uh, until the the baptism here, because I, I think this is a really great place uh, to read from. So this is Acts chapter eight, verse 34. It says the eunuch answered Philip and said, "Please tell me of whom does this prophet say?" this of himself or of someone else then philip opened his mouth and beginning from the script this scripture and that was isaiah 53 he preached jesus to him as they went along the road they came to some water and the eunuch said look water 
What prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down to the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized them. Right. We never see infants being baptized, right? We see yeah. uh, people coming to faith, and that's a great example of that, uh, and being baptized. And in Matthew chapter 28, uh, verses 18 through 20, mm. I believe it's verse 18 where he says, you know, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. And then verse 19, he says, go ye therefore, making disciples of all nations. And then he says, baptizing them, the disciples. And then he says, teaching them to deserve all things that have commanded you, lo, I'm with you always, even the end of the age. So you have the maker of the disciples precedes baptism. Uh, and it's interesting. Some will say, well, yeah, there's no specific infants being mentioned, but it talks about you and your household being saved at times. And well, yeah, uh, that would be, understood when you go through the book of Acts and you look at the narratives closely, which I've studied them, uh, you'll see at times it'll mention, you know, you and your household, but there's a, one or two times where you'll see, and those that believed were baptized, you know, yeah. meaning they had children that were of believing age, you know. Uh, in fact, in the earliest part of church history, we don't see infants being baptized by their church fathers, you know, right. uh, up, up until much later. And then in the Roman Catholic Church, of course, they wanted to baptize babies because that would make you a citizen of the Roman Catholic Church and Rome, the Roman ecclesiastical branch, and they could basically own you as a member ever since you were a baby. Infant baptism is very, very dangerous uh, because, and this is why I believe it's dangerous, because there's millions and millions and millions of Catholics, Lutherans, people from other uh, denominations. I'm not considering Catholicism a denomination of, of true Christianity, but uh, I'm I'll set that aside from it. I'm not calling that a denomination. But there's various people that are walking around right now that think they're saved because they were baptized as a baby. Yeah. I've witnessed to people and they say, well, I was baptized as a baby. Oh, yeah. And I mean, numerous times All people time. say that. And uh, they're they're not repenting. They're not turning to Christ. They're taking stock in their infant baptism. And uh, it becomes a ritual that they think that they were saved by years ago. And somehow their sins were washed away by water. And Peter mentioned specifically that it's not the washing away of dirt in First Peter chapter three, eighteen and nineteen, I believe, uh, that that you know we're saved. But it's the answer of a good conscience towards God, and that good answer of good conscience towards God happens when you have faith in Christ prior to baptism. And baptism is a picture of that salvific experience, where it's a picture of you entering into Christ's death and identifying Him and rising again, which could actually lead us into immersion. That subject, because yeah. since we're talking about the trees here. When Jesus was baptized, it says he came up out of the water. And just the Greek word baptizo typically was understood. And it's kind of interesting. Uh, <laughs> translators will translate baptism. They'll transliterate it, baptism. Why don't you just tell us the meaning like you do every other Greek word yeah. and translate it immersion? <laughs> well, that would spoil uh, a lot of uh, the sprinklers. doctrine, the sprinklers, <laughs> you know, and so yeah. forth. And the word baptizo, uh, we translate baptism, is used of ships being submerged. You know, it's used of... Uh, cloth being dipped and dyed, which I love those pictures. Oh, yeah. The, the, the cloth, you know, the, the, the submersion of a ship that's just been destroyed is a picture of, you know, our death. We died with Christ and we rise to life with Christ and we identify with his life. The picture of the cloth being submerged and then come out a totally different color, I love because we identify with Christ in his life now. We come up as new creations. Uh, now, we've already begun that uh, we've already become new creatures through Christ through faith, but baptism 
The Bible talks about, and maybe we'll get into this another time, the Bible talks about how we've been saved, past tense. It talks about how we're being saved in the present tense. But more often, by far than the past tense, the word saved is in the, is in the future tense. Jesus said, he that endures the end shall be saved. Yeah. Paul says, now our salvation is nearer to us than we first believed. He says, I endure for the elect's sake that they might obtain salvation. He appeared the first time in reference to our sin, right? To take care of it. And the second time will appear reference to our salvation. We go on and on and on. And most of the church, I'd say 99% of it, doesn't even understand that salvation is also future. And so when we're being baptized, uh, we're already saved, but... It's a picture of this ongoing process also whereby the Lord is continuing to save us and we are entering into, by picture form, as a living illustration with witnesses saying that, guess what? We entered into Christ upon our faith, but this is what happened. It's beautiful. Yeah, and and I want to piggyback a little bit, not only on the picture, but the verse from First Peter. It's so interesting. We're talking about Catholics talking about Peter and, and so forth. Yeah, see, Chad and I didn't compare notes. So <laughs> no, we did not. Not for this episode. This is more I don't have notes for you guys. Even. I think I wrote down a couple, <laughs> few words here and there. But. <laughs> but, but you know, it's interesting. The last time we were out in Texas, a couple of the brethren here, um, I think it was uh, Nathan and Nico, were uh, talking back and forth with a Catholic. And I had no idea how many Catholics were in Texas. Very, very common. And they brought out this verse, uh, specifically you went to. But I want to give the picture because that, that it paints first in verse 20, which you already went through the baptizo of the ships, right? And what did Noah's ship look like? A coffin. Yeah, a huge coffin. A huge coffin. And, it, and this is what it says in verse 20. It says, uh, Who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah, during the construction of the ark in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Through the water, yeah. Through the water. Verse 21, corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. Now, I literally listened to a, a Lutheran teacher online using that, stopping at that verse, literally stopping right there Yeah. in a, in a parody that they were making. And they were like, Posted up. Well, you know, there's nothing in the Bible that says baptism save you. And they went to that verse and said that. Stopped right there. Stopped Did a not early. finish. <laughs> Stopped a little early because it literally says this. Corresponding to that, and this is exactly the verse that was used by my brothers in Christ to share with a lost Catholic uh, man. Baptism now saves you. Not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of of Jesus Christ. So ultimately, it's through the power of Jesus Christ, but it's a clear conscience towards God. I am sorry, but my my little da- daughter, Galilee, at one years old, and even younger is when they typically baptize, she has no clear conscience towards God because Absolutely, of baptism. Bro. Absolutely. It, it's, it's ridiculous. And when I go back and I understand church history, one of the beautiful things, and I know sometimes because of the, the Catholic um, you know, overtones and so forth that came later, and especially anachronistically, as Catholics typically do steal from whoever they want in history and say they were part of the Catholic Church, um, or, you know, have tried going to Israel and you could find a rock that they believe that Mary and Joseph had a picnic on. But over and over again, but when I think about the creeds specifically, if we actually look back to what these creeds were made for in the early church, we can thank God for them because those creeds that were made were made specifically so that people, specifically Cyril, I believe Jerusalem mentioned this, that they were made specifically for people that didn't have access to the scriptures, money, or even time because of the workload that they had, that they would understand what they believed before they got baptized. And it was always indicative, first of all, of the deity of Christ. And let me tell yes. you this, 
and and I've I've heard debates on this. There is not a manuscript, and I love that we've been talking about this on the Good Fight Radio Show a lot too, about manuscripts and so forth. There is not a manuscript that doesn't have the baptismal formula in Matthew chapter 28 uh, that Joe already mentioned, specifically with the deity of Christ in hand. And I love that. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. You're talking about unison, without a doubt, that the early church, when it came to baptismal formula, not only did the early church all practice it without a doubt, but also when it came to what you were doing when you got baptized, you needed to recognize Jesus as God, the Father as God, the Holy Spirit as God. And and I love that because that's something that if we're if the, we're asking the question, who should get baptized? There are people who recognize they're sinners. There are people who have repented and then turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and recognize who he is because Jesus did say and he warned those if you don't if you do not see that he is if you do not believe that he is the ego ami the i am if you do not believe his god or you don't do not believe that he is god the same name given uh, that that god gave moses in the old testament if you do not believe that you will die in your sin so if you want to get baptized you need to believe in the deity of christ you need to understand who he is and what he's done for you yeah, uh, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, you mm-hmm. know, you must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yahweh. And that's Yahweh, you know. Uh, Kyrios there is the Greek equivalent to Yahweh in the context that Jesus is referred to as Lord over and over again. Joel 2.32 is what he's quoting to. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, which is Yahweh there yeah. in Joel. So, and, and it's it's imperative that we understand that, I mean, when I'm baptizing people in the water, uh, literally, I'll, I'll have them make a confession of faith, you know. And the first thing have them say is I believe that Jesus Christ is God. They'll state that, and I believe He became a man, and I believe He lived a perfect life, and I believe He went to the cross. I believe He paid for my sins. I believe He He rose again. He conquered death. He ascended to the Father. He's interceding for us now. He's coming back again. There'll be a whole confession. Well, it takes a minute, but it's a very uh, biblical confession. And uh, if they said, "Hey, I I don't believe He's God," and they stopped. At the beginning of the confession, I'd say, ouch, you know, hey, you know, you're here. And uh, basically, we know who we're baptizing, you know. And uh, they, you know, they'll have heard our tape called Believer's Baptism, which gets pretty in-depth. And we'll put a link at the on the description for that message as well. Yeah, if you want to check that out. A lot of people, have, it's one of our more popular messages for some reason. Uh, but, uh, but Ch- Chad, you had mentioned something, and it's one of my favorite pictures, is, is uh, Noah, is when it says he went through the water, what Chad was alluding there to is it's shaped like a coffin. A coffin represents death. And uh, Noah, you know, he's a picture of Christ. Uh, there's only one door into the coffin, the giant coffin or the giant boat, which is shaped like a coffin and with tar on it and so forth. I mean, if you were to watch that thing, the way the dimensions are floating in the water, you wouldn't think of this big old battleship. You think that looks like this huge coffin because it was a picture of entering into Christ's death. It went through the water and came up. Jesus Christ himself was baptized by the Apostle John, and he didn't do that uh, for salvation to be saved. He did that to say, hey, while we we are baptized to show that we've entered into his death, burial, and resurrection, I personally believe, says he did to fulfill all righteousness, uh, but, all, but what he's doing there as well is he's given a picture that he's going to die, he's going to come back up, and he did from the grave. And when we are baptized, we're identifying with him his death, burial, and resurrection. It's kind of interesting, too, when you look at what happened with regard to the flood, that's a picture of, uh, I mean, people died literally all over the place, and then Noah entered into Christ's death figuratively there and his family, and then when it rested there on Mount Ararat, 
That was at the time of Christ's resurrection, and it was a picture of his resurrection. Uh, we also see the early creation, a picture of baptism, and we won't get a lot into that because if you go back to our message on typology, we spent some weeks on how in the first few verses of Genesis, it was tohu wabohu, uh, means it was formless and void, and that's how we were before Christ. We were without form. We were void. We were empty. Darkness hovered over the face of the deep. We were filled with darkness, and then guess what? There was water on the face of the deep, right? And then the Lord spoke and said, let there be light, right? And what happens after that? That's what happened to us. Light came into our lives, and then the water recedes, and the earth comes out from underneath the water. It's a picture of death, emptiness, void, darkness. That was us before Christ. And we show each day is a picture of of, uh, of our redemption in, uh, in salvation. So baptism, just as that was a picture, baptism is a picture as well. Also, Jonah. I mean, come on, Jesus himself brought up that typology as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. Jonah, everybody on the boat is sinful, right? But the lot falls on Jonah because he's in a special rebellion to God. And just as Adam, because Adam, we're all guilty, not because of his sin, because we identified with Adam's sin as soon as we sinned. We don't, our teeth are not set on edge because of his sins, although we are affected by the fall because he represented humanity but as far as damnation goes, where there's age accountability, but as soon as we willfully sin, we are under condemnation. But what happened is, uh, you know, Jonah is a picture of the first and the second Adam. That's what I that what I see there. He's a picture of the first Adam in that. Guess what? Everybody's in the same boat. He blew it, and guess what? Now guess what? He takes a picture uh, the, the 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 presentation of the second Adam because he sacrificially gives himself over he's buried in the water for three days and three nights as soon as he goes under the water the wrath on the boat stops i don't think that's remarkable and of course he comes back up as though he's risen from the dead it's just a beautiful beautiful picture of the death burial and resurrection of christ but it's a it's a kind of a literal baptism that he went through uh it's quite remarkable so there's all these beautiful pictures from genesis onward into the new testament of the picture of what baptism is and peter when he says when he mentions Noah, Peter has insight into that. It's pretty awesome. No, I think that's great. And, and you know, it's a, it's a great place to bring up this question because maybe we, you got a younger child as well. And you brought up specifically the age of accountability. Yeah. Uh, because, I, you know, this is more just, just a way to, to parse it. Would you say that the age of accountability, when a child comes into a place where he has a better understanding that he is in, in, in sin— would that be an area where you think like this person should probably get baptized? Or is there an earlier date where he can recognize Jesus as Lord and Savior before maybe recognizing the depths of his uh, sin? No, that's a great question. And uh, the, the first part of what you said there, Chad, is very, very important because before you get into that other part of the question is the very fact that there is an age of accountability shows you how ridiculous the whole idea of infant baptism is. Yeah. Because Paul said there was a time in Romans chapter 7 where I was alive. And then I died. And it's like one of the most, I don't know if I've ever heard that quoted, you know, <laughs> and, and anybody teach on that, you know, but obviously the commentators got to teach on it. But I believe he's, when was Paul alive before he was dead? He became dead, he said, when he became conscious of sin and sin slew him. So he was spiritually alive for a period of time until he became aware of that he was in rebellion to God. So therefore, there's no need, if you think that uh, baptism is salvific, Keep in mind, uh, infant baptism is also a result of not just the Catholic Church wanting to own people. 
it, when it was politicized first by Rome, but because Augustine taught a concept of original sin, which is unbiblical, and that is that we all have guilt. Even babies are worthy of damnation. And he taught that unbaptized babies that weren't baptized in the Roman Catholic Church were damned. And in fact, John Calvin, who didn't believe in infant baptism in regard to, he believed in infant baptism, but not that they were, which was wrong when it was his many things that he was wrong on. But he taught, uh, they didn't teach that you were regenerated as an infant, but he did teach that non-elect infants were hateful to God. God hated the unelect, the non-elect infants. So when you're teaching that people have this original sin, meaning we believe in original sin in the context that we inherit a sinful nature. Uh, we uh, have a nature that's fallen. And just look at the nursery, I tell people, and work in the nursery and tell me that kids, you know, aren't sinful, you know. It says in the Bible, they come forth speaking lies from the womb, you know. And David said, I was conceived in sin. However, it's one thing to have a sinful nature. It's another thing to say that God wants to damn you as an infant and just, just you're under his wrath. And no, the scripture is clear. Where did... David's little baby go when it died. He said, I'll join my baby, my, my child in the future. Uh, God said to the Ninevites, to Jonah, you want to wipe out these Ninevites? You don't want, you know, basically Jonah wants him, doesn't want them to come to repentance. He doesn't want to go there. That's back to Jonah, right? And he says there's 120,000 people that don't know the left hand from the right. I mean, they're not accountable, you know? So are we to say that, you know, so by the, by the way, so infant baptism and Catholicism was the removal of original sin where we believe in original sin in the context that we have a sinful nature. Not that babies have guilt, but in regard to your question, your more practical question, you know, that's a, that's a tough one. In fact, I often, you know, I would like, for instance, with, with my grandchildren, which are your children, Chad, uh, even though they're my grandchildren, I would totally respect your, because I'm, I'm around quite a bit for a granddaddy, but you're with them as their dad. And Holly, my daughter, is with them all the time. So I would put I put that question back to the parents they, a lot. And they've asked, by the way. Right, and I put that back with the parents. I say, when you believe that they're truly putting their trust in Jesus, because that's a tough one, because yeah. sometimes kids, I've noticed when there's a baptism and there's a couple kids being baptized from a family, all of a sudden some of the other kids want to be baptized. It's almost like, and you know, that's kind of good peer pressure in a way, but do you realize what you're doing? So there have been a number of children that I've went to their parents now. I noticed that your child or the parent will notice well, they kind of want to be baptized, but I think it's because so-and-so's kids are being baptized. Yeah. And they'll usually have that check. And I'll just say, hey, you know, it's important that you have a strong conviction that they know what they're doing, uh, that they're trusting Jesus, and they recognize the seriousness of sin. Yeah, and, and I can I can tell you, you know, my uh, both my boys have asked uh, to be baptized, but I didn't think that they were ready uh, at their at their age for that, even though... I, I think uh, Eli probably could win most quizzes on on the Bible uh, with people. You know, we take them through our own uh, makeshift, not a catechism, so to speak, but uh, every night we try to do a, a a Bible understanding, so they understand doctrine, and then they can tell me uh, they've gotten a lot of, through the Old Testament, so they have a good idea. But I still, you know, I don't think he understands uh, true nature. You know, last night I'll I'm, I'm, I'll try to shore this up as quick as possible. Last night specifically. Eli had uh, been acting up at, at church while we're trying to, and I explained to him when we got home, and uh, that was the first time. I've seen him repent and, and pray. It was the first time because it had been a rough day where I had seen him cry in repentance in a prayer, and it broke me, you know, oh, as his beautiful. dad, you know. Uh, oh, that's precious, man. But, mm. uh, but still, you know, I'm waiting for, I, I, you know, I think the Lord will open my eyes on when he's ready for that too. That's awesome, and that's exactly what we're after is, and it's great that, you know, they're thinking about it, that you're talking about it, and 
That's important. And it's important for parents to set the example. I had one kid that admitted that he just wanted to be baptized later because he wanted to swim in the in the ocean with his friends after they were <laughs> baptized. It's like, see? Yeah. <laughs> but then again, if a child is ready and they really want to be baptized um, and you feel the time's right, man, go for it, you know? <laughs> Amen. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.